Hello, hello. Once again, it is your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast back for another week filled with action, adventure, controversy, and anything else under the sun that you can possibly imagine. Hey, everybody. It's Will here with the whole crew, and we have had a full week of I don't even know where to begin. I think we're going to be probably starting with uh, some AEW and moving on from there because there is a full plate of stuff, and I've heard the news section will probably at least go over 15 possible different things. So we got a full night ahead of us here. Let me go around the room and hit everybody up. We got Jamal Giant Crab in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Apparently there's a helicopter that doesn't know whether it wants to land in my apartment building or not, but um, I think it's Ben's coming for that third-party money. <laughs> there might be some uh, police chase action happening tonight as we're going through things. <laughs> Some live coverage from the neighborhood, possibly. <laughs> Down in the bottom right, we got, of course, the man who's usually driving the chip. Two chains is here, rocking the Roman Reigns wear, which I love to see. <laughs> I think I'm on administrative leave today. Apparently, our use of our uh, middle segment is under question, so we definitely have to talk about that tonight. It is uh, to be <laughs> determined. We'll be, be having cameo fun today. <laughs> <laughs> the boss man might have came down on us this week as he did a, b- a number of different people. And of course, last but not least, Damian Salty G is here all the way from the Lone Star State of Texas. So right when I was going to do the cameo for my own career, Vince comes out and says, I can't use Damian G. So now I'm going to change myself <laughs> to Damian Gracia, my Spanish you know, infection. <laughs> So I could start using Cameo because, no, Vince won't ever punish any Latin people. So might as well do it that way. Everyone this week has been reworking their gimmicks to get around the Cameo thing and the Twitch stuff and third party stuff. We'll get to that later in the show, but that will definitely be a topic we'll have to discuss since we've been on that Cameo train for weeks now with the high low Cameo game. That's been so much fun, but possibly won't be happening now. But. Enough about that, and let's rewind to Saturday night, because AEW All Out came to us from Jacksonville, and it's been quite the eventful week for AEW. And I would say All Out seemed to be a show that got a very different reaction from what I saw online. It wasn't necessarily, from what I saw, the best-received pay-per-view from AEW. It was a very different kind of show almost in a way kind of more of a story building show i almost felt like for the first time it didn't feel like a typical aew big event to me it felt like a b-level pay-per-view which for them is odd considering they only do quarterly shows but that said i wouldn't describe it as a bad show it just didn't have that little extra something and i'm not quite sure why but gentlemen i kind of to start things off here General thoughts on All Out, what worked, what hit, what missed, what are your takeaways? And I guess, hell, let's start right off with Giant Crab. What's going on, my man? So uh, All Out uh, happened. And I think it, unfortunately, some people just can't get over the negative things that happened. Um, in, in the uh, Broken Rules match, Matt Hardy was broken. Physically. And there was some some, some screwiness that happened there. And of course, what do people do immediately after Matt Hardy bonked himself on the concrete floor after taking a uh, spear off of the scaffold from 10 or so feet in the air, um, they took to Twitter where one Mrs. Rebecca Hardy 
was none too pleased. Oh, right, you know so. That's her love. That's her loving husband, father of her children. And she just witnessed, as the world witnessed, her husband suffer what appears to be, in the moment, a traumatic, uh, you know, brain, uh, injury to the head. Bounced his head off the concrete. I heard it. I felt it. I Bonk. definitely felt it. <laughs> so that's understandable. Is in that moment the voice of reason? Because immediately the conversation turned to, well, how the hell is this match restarting? Yeah. Well, they, well, they said the doc cleared him. Well, we need yeah. to, we need a new doctor. Yeah, well, we, wait a we definitely do. Wait a minute. How many of you actually know what the concussion protocol is? Like, how do you? Yeah. How many of you know how to administer the concussion test? Mm-hmm. I, right. I do not. Well, so we don't we don't know, but I mean, there is a perception of what it is, and from football, we know at least you're coming I'm, off the field. I'm not arguing the perception because magic is real. Mm. So, if a dude can pull a rabbit out of his hat, I've been you know, your eyes can lie to you. The bottom line is is that the person that studies the stuff said he was okay, and I'm not saying that that has to be the definitive answer. But nobody in that moment, at that time that it happened, within five minutes of it happening, was a neurologist or even a pharmacist that worked at CVS. So I'm seeing a lot of people that are suddenly traumatic brain experts that are going off and saying, like, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. Okay, fine. Maybe they should have stopped the match. Maybe they should have, um, you know, but considering the storyline that it was where if, if Matt Hardy loses, he leaves, you know. Then what do you what do you do with that water? You know uh, that's a bridge that you cross when you get there. But in the moment, Twitter immediately took to shame on Tony Khan, shame on you know Matt Hardy and Sammy, who's out for blood apparently. Uh, shame on all of them. Um, and and how dare they continue with the match and have Matthew Hardy climb the scaffolding to push Sammy off for the finish? That's all that people talked about, and that's unfortunate. Because that was my favorite part. That was my favorite match of the night. Uh, Sheeta versus the Rosa was a damn good match. Nobody cared because that was the match that followed. And you can see the wind, the air, the oxygen, the soul of that building leave through the uh, open airspace of Daly's place. I didn't watch the main event because fuck John Moxley. He sucks. <laughs> um, I thought the Swole versus Baker match was actually better than it should have been. I understand why it's a pre-show match. Maybe and it wasn't. Card, it, and it, it got moved not. to the main card. It, it yeah. got moved to the main. It, it got moved to the main card because the internet, you know, cried foul. But I understand why it's a pre-show match. That was a showcase match. Mm. Seeing that nope. match in ten minutes would man, I, don't, I don't know if that would have persuaded me, but that would have gone like, well, if you've seen this, and we have the broken rules match coming up, and we have Moxley versus MJF, if that's a thing for you. And we have all these other shenanigans. Maybe that's just crazy enough, considering how it ended and all the things. Um, that's a good pre-show match. That's actually a damn good pre-show match. And for it to open the show and be edited as such, and you know, it really didn't fit the tone of the pay-per-view. So maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe the internet isn't actually uh, in the wrestling business for a reason. So <laughs> so. So the long and short of it is, is that I actually liked All Out. Is it their best pay-per-view to date? No. 
is it are there moments from the pay-per-view that I'll reflect on months down the road and go like, yeah, no, I remember that. That was pretty damn good. Yes, Sheeta versus Rosa, worth watching. But is it a time where you go, when you let a couple of moments, because Sheeta, um, Rosa took a meteora that nearly bonked her head on the one of the lower steps, mm-hmm. and she was literally an inch, inch and a half away from clipping the bottom step. That could have gone very badly. Uh, either Sheeta would have caught knees or Rosa would have caught the back of her neck at the, on the steps. That would have been a problem. But it's a game of inches. Because if Hardy misses that table the way he does, he bonks his head on the ground. But if he pulls back six, if the table's moved up six inches, the match continues, probably. So, it, it, you know, I don't want to say that it should be overlooked. But what I, I do want to say is you shouldn't just dwell on it. And this is the same reason why, you know, unfortunately, when Owen Hart... Uh, you know, what, what happened to him and the show continued and people rightfully so went, oh, my God, how can, how can we do that? Um, it, it's not just about the person in the ring. And I'm not saying that and obviously Owen Hart and Matt Hardy are two totally different situations. But um, I think in the moment, since there's so much that we don't know and since there's so much that we think we see in the moment, it, you know, just realize that you're not there. And you still have the power to watch or not watch. Get your fifty bucks back and turn it off if you if you really are that uh, been out of shape about it. Otherwise, enjoy the show for what it's worth, and then and shop prowrestlingtees.com because to, to pay your uh, respects to you know your wrestlers. You know, Matt Hardy could use a little bit of more t-shirt money after after what happened. So could Sammy because Sammy fell right next to him. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, we don't, if you, if you're that person that goes to a NASCAR event to watch for the crashes, fuck you. That's not what the sport is about. But, <laughs> but, if you're that person, but if you're that person that goes to the event and appreciates everything about the sport and unfortunately a crash happens, do you go home or do you watch the race? Oh, okay. So that that analogy. I mean, people go to Boston's for knockouts, and if it's not a knockout, then it wasn't. But a that's the fight. point of boxing. No, boxing is boxing. Knockouts are knockouts. Boxing is actually the right. technique of going to twelve round. Knockouts no, is a no. Is boxing a is the thing. act. A knockout is is an actual acceptable act reaction from boxing. And it, it can also be correlated as people that go to hockey games to see fights. To see fights, and they're yeah, that's fucking really dumb. Yeah. That's a what I'm just saying. Like that. A hockey fight is a necessary. It's not a necessary part of the game. You don't win the game by a hockey fight. You win boxing matches by knocking people the fuck out. Yeah, just the, the shallow mentality of why people go in and like well, that's things. About that. way they, and that's you know. my point. If if you're if you're going to a sport where you win by knockout, cool, knock them all out. If you go to a sport and you're like, I hope Paul George breaks his leg, yeah, then fuck you. Right. Well, to down. Jamal's point, to Jamal's point, remember when Foley took that first bump through the hell in the cell? It mm. became history to see what's Mick gonna do crazily next instead of appreciating Mick Foley, the the performer. What I hope doesn't happen is now that Matt has survived this, we're gonna turn him into Mick Foley 2.0, and he's gonna oh, do crazy bumps like Terry Funk to try to keep himself relevant in another character. Rebby no. ain't gonna let Tony do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't think that the culture now 
I, that was not the yeah. text. The culture now won't allow it that. I, I, we seen her text log. I want to know what her call log looked like when that incident went yeah. down. I, well, I'm shoot, sure. well, shoot. Can you imagine yesterday at Dynamite to be a fly on the room when her and Tony Khan ran into each other? So she was there. So um, I, can, I can't even imagine the, the, the conversation that took place between yeah. those two yesterday, or if Tony avoided her like the plague, yeah. just like out of fear. Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll say this though quickly about All Out is that I think for me personally, from once in on a media call, you know, Tony Khan put emphasis that this was going to be their best pay-per-view ever. And this was going to be the best, the, the, the top quality um, uh, level of wrestling that they have ever delivered on this show. So I think they he sold it really high that the natural people, or the, the, the realists, should I say, maybe felt a little bit underwhelmed because it didn't deliver to that. I mean, uh, Full Gear and Evolution, you know, he didn't sell it high, but they probably, they're one and two best shows, if you ask me, under the AEW brand. Uh, uh, yeah, under the um, AEW brand, you know, out before uh, the initial uh, All Out. Um but all in, excuse me. But I think that what I do appreciate about the aspects of how this was booked, like, yeah, listening to the fans about moving Big Swole and Britt Baker's match on the main car, I understand that that was definitely like a, I hear you, this is what I'm going to do. But I totally agree with Jamal's point. He should have stuck to his guns because that was a match that says, buy my pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the numbers are with it, but I'm I'm sure much to Jamal's uh, psychology on this is that it was such a good, interesting match that you had two good performers put on a very unique style of, of, of a match that you almost had no choice but to want to say, all right, I got to see the rest. There was no cutting off at that point, regardless. It was on a whatever the, whatever match was after that it was you you were automatically invested into it it was either no matter if you were going to pay that 60 dollars to get it or if he had already done it or so so that that's my that's my one thing uh yeah the thunder rosa karashita match is absolutely the only match worth talking about the entire night that was mind-blowingly good to jamal's point again um all the air was out of the building but for the people i'm sure that was at home and on the twitter um, there seems to be a good response to that. Everybody knows that uh, Thunder Rosa is one of the best in in in, in the world, and Okara Shida just continues to get better and better. Uh, so I was excited about that matchup, and it just delivered on all uh, on all accounts. My only thing is that I felt like there was a lot of um, I don't even want to talk about the Matt Hardy because you know you've already put all of the um, everything that could be said about that out there on the table already. But I did feel like a lot of the other matches just wasn't work really good. Um, I definitely noticed just, uh, and you know, maybe it was the humidity. Maybe it was just the feel of the crowd being back. You know, maybe it was the expectation that, hey, this is a big, big, this is our biggest pay-per-view. And maybe some people was nervous, whoever it may be. But that first half of the car, uh, it I've seen better from those performers, will I say. So I wasn't overly excited. You know, as the car got, as we got deeper into the car, that the matches were getting better. It was just like, all right, let's get through that. Bam, a good match. The Matt Hardy thing happened in the main event. And about time I know it was one o'clock in the morning, 
And there was no way <laughs> I was sitting in on that media call that night. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm just I'm I'm underwhelmed because of how 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 he sold it. I mean, you know, we've covered AEW in the past, but um, from this standpoint of uh, of all the, the the press and media work going into it, and then actually seeing it and all that other good stuff, like I, I just felt like I was so so high. I was just a little bit underwhelmed with it. But that's again. Let, I, let me ask you this though. It, do you think that you were underwhelmed because of the fact that these major gaffes happen? Uh, or like, you know, Matt Seidel, who was the, you know, that was an underwhelming um, aspect of the show where you have the uh, Battle Royal and then Matt Seidel is the big get. Yeah, see, that's that's Marley and Internet again. But you have Matt Seidel and that's the, that's the big get. And then you have, um, and people are like, oh, cool, it's going to be not Evan Bourne. And then now you have, uh, and then the first thing he does is throw a punch and then botches a suit and shoot and start press, arguably because of the humidity of, of the ropes. Um, then you have the Matt Hardy thing. And then you have Lance Archer, who personally I'm not into, uh, wins the Battle Royal. And then the Hardy thing happens. And then you have Sheeta and Rosa have to follow that. And on top of that, we don't see it because we're at home. But it's it was eighty five degrees with ninety percent humidity yeah. in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. Yeah, I, I heard it described literally as like the worst conditions to watch a show in ever. Except they have not been to that um, was a House of Glory show <laughs> in Queens, <laughs> where it sweated so hard that it was raining from the goddamn ceiling. I, I've never, Cody was there. Cody was, Cody was there. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keith Lee nearly killed himself when he tried to get to the top rope. And Cesaro got the hell out of there. He's like, it's too hot. <laughs> that reminds me of that prog- that progress show where the AC went out and we all were just dying in New York City and everyone lost about seven pounds. One dude passed out, pooped his pants. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's the kind that of heat. That's, that's mm-hmm. good old Andy. I don't know where I cut out at, and I do apologize for my internet's acting really trashy right now. So I'm just gonna say really quickly from everything that you know I found out or read about in terms of all out, anything that happened after the Hardy incident, they were supposed to go another five to six minutes. Obviously, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. So every match after that had to make it up on the fly, especially the girls. So considering that they had to plan out an extra five to six minutes. Because uh, if you look at the toward the end of the match, it does look a little bit like they did not rehearse it too well. But all things considered, they still had the match of the night. Yeah. And at the same token, to, to, to Jamal's point, I just didn't care while watching it. It had nothing to do with the Hardy thing. I just felt bored. And this was the first time I was bored by an AEW pay-per-view or AEW like highlighted show. But it goes to show you that even you know now they're allowed to have a C minus show or like an in your house for Will's mm-hmm. point earlier about feeling like a transitional show. That's what it felt like, and it transitioned perfectly into to this week's dynamite. To be quite honest, yeah, but- that's what I was gonna say. Like it really comparing the two shows, you come out of like that pay per view, and then you see everything that happened at Dynamite, and it reminded me a lot of a, sometimes you'd have those Attitude Era shows where it'd be like the pay-per-view would happen. It wouldn't be that kind of crazy. You'd be kind of like, oh, whatever. But then the next night on Raw, it would be insane. And that's kind of what happened this week. It's like Dynamite was a very story-heavy show with lots of stuff happening 
to push things along. It didn't necessarily have a lot of in-ring action, but it was an eventful show. It was a newsworthy show, and it left you feeling like, oh, damn, there's stuff happening here. So the two shows together, I think, make a, a interesting comparison there between the two of them and held to, to move it along AEW dynamite for the first time in a very long time. First time this calendar year, they have hit a million viewers. So there's probably a number of reasons why that happened, but AEW dynamite was very newsworthy last night, whether it's Miro or the, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes and Brody Lee tearing it up for the TNT title in the main event. And Cody Pasa apparently getting a reality show. <laughs> That's the final segment of the night. There's a lot going on in AEW. But um, probably what's the biggest thing? Miro, I would Miro. say, that happened last night. Miro Day arriving. Miro Day, yes. With his blonde Marshall Mathers hairstyle, which totally blew my mind when I saw it. Uh, I'm glad he was there. Uh, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, can we be realistic? What is the real reason the numbers are what the numbers were? Okay, well, let, let, let's do that. Let, let's go around the horn, and and you all give a theory as to why they actually broke a million. Why this night, and not the mm-hmm. other forty nights out of the year, out of this year? Right, okay. because like pay per view. Right, because the dirt sheets ain't know nothing about Rusev uh, Omero coming to AEW, so it wasn't that. And the main event, it was good, but like, let's be honest now. If you're not the Bucks, Cody, or the Elite, Elite. you know, th- those are the people that's really driving the numbers there. So as good as, you know, the match was, like, that's not going to spike the ratings. And Cody's big announcement clearly is not going <laughs> to spike the ratings. Wait a minute, so, so you're telling me I, that you weren't waiting for the, the, the big show or whatever the hell it's called? <laughs> the Go Big Show. The Go Big Go Show, big yeah. Show. <laughs> is that subliminal to get the big show to come to AEW I now? really hope he Go comes. Big Show? <laughs> not a not a chance. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, but, it, 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 okay. So uh, to, to be clear, AW was on Wednesday, and it's been bouncing around because it's uh you know working with the NBA. I do not know was there any NBA game yesterday. There were, uh, I believe, there were. Yeah, yeah, I they definitely were because the um, um Raptors went to double overtime. I, I, I'm sorry on. A, uh, TNT, was there any? Uh, well, no, NBA because Dynamite, oh, oh, was there a game that preceded them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that game was on ESPN. I like, I, I, to be honest, for it to have the numbers it had, I just I, I cannot figure it out. I, maybe it's just because it's back on Wednesdays and that was just a safe place <laughs> for everybody. Maybe because a, I mean, um, uh, uh, NXT was on Tuesday mm-hmm. and it just had. You know, may, you know what? Maybe people are just watching TV again as the world gets ready to yeah. reopen. Um, NBA is going. Football is back tonight. Maybe people are just back to watching TV, and maybe this number is a is a show of what it what it means to be back to normalcy here. And maybe that's just it because Jamal's been asking for the longest. Where the hell are everybody at? All these people that watch wrestling, and when one show's not getting numbers, the other show's not getting numbers, then there's just a big disappearance of people. Where are they? So mm-hmm. maybe this is it. And you said this is the biggest number since uh, at some point. Since ever. Since, since ever. Since show. Yeah. And, since and, show number two. Right. And so that means they're in the same ball. I mean, this is a typical number that they, that they get, right? It's not nothing out of margin here. This just means that people are returning 
back to watching TV. But out of like, what was the real reason why? Maybe it's just because people are just watching TV again. That might very well be. That might very well be part of it. The two things I would possibly say contribute to it is if we're looking at wrestling, you know, it typically the best raw ratings you'll see are the ones directly after a pay-per-view because you'll get people tuning in just to see, Hey, what happened? What happened on the show? If they didn't watch it. So there's the possibility of it being the first dynamite to follow all out that got some people to tune in that wouldn't normally tune in. I figure between that and then, like you said, NXT not being on the same night. So they had the night to themselves that might be the magic formula between those two things. And then, like you said, people are back watching TV now that we're out of summer or past Labor Day. Maybe that gave it that extra, you know, extra 100,000 people it needed to put it over the line. The test will be, you know, in a couple weeks when we're back to if we're back to having Wednesday nights head to head. That's a whole nother topic we can get into here in a second is do Wednesday night head to head continue? Is it just, you know, a matter of they've been undercut this whole time by NXT being around? And this is what could happen without NXT being there and them coming directly off of, after a pay-per-view. I don't know. Could be part of it. Could not. So I'll make this quick because I do think that's a lot of what everybody says, but I think that's also one thing that um, we can kind of gather from all of this is, Maybe All Out was better than people as a whole are giving it credit for. Maybe, as you, Damien, said, well, the pay-per-view is a transition show. It didn't really – well, aren't all pay-per-views transition shows? Aren't all pay-per-views the culmination of one set of stories and you pivot literally at the pay-per-view to the next set of stories, which are almost immediately preceded of the next show? That's why the Raw after Mania is yeah. arguably more important than Mania itself. So if you if you need to see the end of the movie, cool, watch the pay-per-view. But if you want to see the sequel, tune in next week for the show. And I think a lot of things happened that made people want to tune in next week. Number one, they ran out of post. Uh, they ran out of post, and they had a metric fuck ton of uh, advertisements during the NBA games that were on Turner. Also, equally important is they had some loose ends for the pay-per-view in real time that needed to be wrapped up. Matt Hardy only tweeted one thing, and that one thing was, I'll see you Wednesday, or to paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after that happened, Mrs. Hardy didn't hear or see you from her since. Oops. So so there's that. And Matt Hardy did have his, you know, his um, mea culpa on Dynamite that followed. So I think that was a big thing that people needed to see resolved or, or continued down the road. Um, Sammy wasn't on the show. Uh, obviously, the the elite Kenny left physically left in a cliffhanger. Uh, what's the status between Kenny and Hangman? Uh, the Bucks are turning heel now. We haven't seen Cody since Brody killed him. These are storylines that didn't get wrapped up at the pay per view that would be continued when the very next show after Dynamite. And I think the pay per view, regardless of what you think about their missteps, whether it's Matt Sidell, who nobody's talking about right now, whether it's Matt Hardy. <laughs> Who got his chance, got his chance to tie his loose end up, or you know, or rather it's you know Sheeta versus Rosa, which is happening, or uh, which Rosa is going to be back next week, um, whenever that next week is, and we'll talk about that later. But maybe the pay per view was actually effective; it did a thing, and and it actually brought people over from last period to the pay per view to the next period. And got people, uh, you know, talking in a way that they had to watch. 
Yeah, and, the, and, I, and I, also it also helped. And I, real quick, it also helped that there wasn't a major political scandal that happened hours before dynamite. Like Trump didn't, you know, fire rockets at you know Azerbaijan or some shit. Um, also, there wasn't like a major breaking news story that contributed. But they had competition. Playoff hockey was happening. The Bucks Raptors game went in the double overtime and a fantastic finish. You know, so it wasn't like people weren't watching. I do think that more people were home for whatever reason, but also that nine hundred fifty thousand actually watched the pay per view and went, "Nah, this doesn't end here. We gotta, we gotta see you all uh, see what happens Wednesday." I, I, two things I want to add to. I mean, one controversy always sells. So the Matt Hardy thing and the way he hand, I can't he say that it does. Person. Yeah, yeah, it, because it, it, because the Matt Hardy thing was controversial. But if there were blood, for example. If he bonked his head and there was a pool of blood afterwards and the match still restarted, I think people would be too pissed to watch. I, my my point is that it, you call it controversies because it's 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 undetermined, it's speculative, it's rumor, and that's what a lot of wrestling people like. And not to mention, too, controversy is literally what runs the media in, in America. So the idea that you have a top talent. I mean, let's be honest now. When you're thinking about the top names of AEW, Outside of Jericho, Matt Hardy name is within the top three of people that you'd be like, oh, Matt Hardy's there? I've got to check it out. So, like, with a major I mean, star like I mean, them. Yeah, if Encino Man got out of his rock in 1998, then maybe the first thing, the first TV channel, if fucking Captain America picked up a remote and went, oh, that's Matt Hardy. That's right. The first but thing see, I've seen in 30 years. No, but see, that's that's literally the, the mentality that people who don't watch wrestling have. They's like, oh, Matt Hardy's still wrestling? What is this? And on top of that, I think what's happening here is that AEW uh, being on TNT is presented as an actual sport. And what I mean by that is because when you go to sports bars, you see AEW and Wednesday's a hot night. So it's not like it's being hidden under a clout of like other reality shows, much how WWE is presented, if you ask me. But AEW has this more of a legitimate feel just because of the marketing. So when it comes down to putting that on on a Wednesday night without competition, um, add it with the controversy from all the casual fans. Uh, but then with the uncasual fans seeing it on a night of when sports is back, bars are opening, people are going back drinking and stuff like that. I think it's just so much more opportunities as to why people are consuming this now. And I think the number speaks for itself. So, you know, It'll be interesting to see where does the curve go next week because um, people are still progressing to op- to uh, more opening phases here. Uh, but again, I just think without the competition of it being on, uh, without having a competition on Wednesday, you get you get all the wrestling fans there uh, with all the sports that's happening. You got people out watching, and then again, mm-hmm. when you're watching an NBA game, a hockey game, you go to a bar. AEW's up there all the time. It's, it's it really is so you know maybe that contributes to it but I you know well, I, I'm I'm definitely curious as I'm really still can, scratching my head like this is this is a really like it's a it's a crazy thing thinking about it how good it did so yeah. to your point is your uh, two chains you're actually right because I watched AW at the arcade that uh, you know I'm situated with and we have wrestling Wednesdays. So we are showing wrestling on the projector at this arcade that sells food and alcohol. And there have been the last few weeks coming people coming to see AEW at the arcade. And another mm. thing about the marketing aspect, which I ju- it just dawned on me, they've always marketed in the commercials as a league. They never call it a federation. They never call it a wrestling promotion. They call it a league. 
And when it first started being told like that, I got annoyed saying it's not a league, it's a wrestling promotion. But maybe that was the whole point, to make it that sports feel on TNT to get people to tune in and to everyone else's points. Maybe the casuals just heard people talking about it this weekend and said, hey, let me go watch it. And to Jamal's point, people who hadn't seen Matt Hardy in 15 years may have just tuned in just to see Matt Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on the based on the fact that he nearly killed himself. So, right. And and again, I, I I can't stress enough. Like people with the shallow mentality always wants to know when it comes down to media, when it comes down to news or whatever it may be. It's always the big question of who died, who got killed, you know, who got knocked out. This the, well, the real, the real then, question is, and this is the thing that I don't think anybody's really talking about is what does Gaffieri do <laughs> to get back into this? Because guys' grocery games at nine o'clock was only fifteenth in the ratings, no. and he's pulling a, a point two five at eight hundred and thirty thousand people. So I'm like, God, what are you doing, man? You gotta, you know, how do you you gotta bounce back? You gotta, you gotta bounce wrote, back. Cody must have been popping bottles last night between getting that go big show and beating Guy Fieri. It was like the best night he's had in a long time. By the way, this <laughs> is not this is not Cody's first reality show with the uh, Warner Media brand. He was on one, like, was it earlier this year? Or something? He was on something else. And I just didn't really care. Uh, so, I, I guess this is a another swing at like, hey, let's see if we can use your stardom again for something. Uh, because I don't see this personally benefiting him. But I think it ultimately benefits the oh, show. Oh, I definitely think it benefits him because, you know, he gets another check. Well, yes. well, yeah, I get that, but I mean, like in the in the in idea of like this is going to make you a bigger star, or like this is going to anything well, outside well, of financials. Well, the the goal would be to get him in front of people that aren't wrestling fans. That's that's the whole goal. There is to get him and the AEW name in front of people that like aren't looking for wrestling. Yeah. Right. So Brandy, whether it Brandy. pays off in any way or not, who knows? Yeah. But it ain't, ain't going to hurt. It's part of the Warner Media family, so I'm sure they'll be promoting the hell out of AEW on it, or at least you would hope they would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like if he does every every single time that Cody, especially on the show that he's going to do, every single time that you know he says um, AEW, 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 that's all <laughs> he needs to do. Every yeah. single like, oh my god, that was such a good AEW. Like, wait, Cody, calm down. But that's all he needs to do. <laughs> Especially if he if he were to win a belt or if he were to do something else, anything that he can do to promote the brand um, is good for business. So yeah. So there. So there's that. Speaking of which, that is kind of a perfect transition into the other drama of the week. If we're talking about wrestling on other platforms and wrestling trying to get wrestling stars trying to get their names over wrestling stars trying to like be somewhere outside of wrestling. There was a lot of drama this week. Normally here at the halfway point of the show, we would transition to our fun halftime of high, low cameo, but the boss man has put his foot down. So Jamal is in trouble. (laughs) I got an email uh, from, you know, from Stanford and uh, you know, and McMahon was not pleased. Yeah, so, I mean, the long, the long and short of it is, is that if in case you didn't know that, you know, a lot of wrestlers are on Cameo, which is why I came up with it to just take a peek at how much they're charging. Um, and because of that, Vince, and we're not because of that. And we actually don't know or it hasn't been revealed 
why, what was the actual thing, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Uh, so a lot of people are using Lana as a scapegoat for her mm-hmm. uh, modeling uh, an energy drink on Instagram. Um, some people may be pointing at AJ Styles and uh, the fact that he and his son in a candid conversation said that, oh, I don't watch the product. Um, or, or just maybe those two things concurrently. Uh, we, we really don't know what that moment actually was. But the word you know, broke late last week that Vince McMahon and WWE are squashing all of that stuff and they have until October 2nd to fix it. And the kicker is that Vince actually owns their names and likenesses, including their real names, which uh, turns out to be not true. So that's... Oh, oh, I was about to say, ah! Right. Uh, yeah. That was, that yeah, was the only word, was that, like, yeah, you can't just be Alexa Bliss and Alexa and Alexis Kaufman. We yeah. own all of that. Yeah, well, yeah, so the security number is mine. You'll get it back that, when, we, when we fire you. Yeah, that was the weird. Now, that was the weird part when the story broke. That immediately, I was like, "Hold up, now there ain't no damn way you can own a gimmick, but real names there ain't no way." Because how that's been shot down before years ago. Because how you just got to look at Ultimate Warrior and uh, more recently Ryback, who got mm-hmm. around the whole thing of like not being able to use their names by yeah. legally changing their name to their gimmick. Yeah. It's like if you wanted to jump through those hoops and spend that money. That was always the way to thumb your nose at Vince and be like, hey, I'll just change my name to my gimmick. I'm going to become Warrior. I'm going to become Ryback. Well, his, his wife is like, well, named Dana Warrior. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> well, like, hold on, hold on. dude had his damn license actually say Warrior on it. <laughs> this is this is what frustrates me in the wrestling community is that when people do not apply common sense, now none of us have any type of legal educational background, but Common sense is common sense now. Like, if you really think that WWE owns somebody's real government official name, you have got to evaluate yourself. And for anybody (laughs) who's even for the second read that on a dirt sheet and felt any way about it in a remorseful way, like, damn, that's messed up, evaluate yourself. Because it's not even without without question that that makes no sense. However, what does make sense is that... It's believable, though. It's believable that Vince could do something like that. And he, and, and, and you, this is the thing. Rusev came out, Amiro came out on Twitch and responded to this. And basically, he was like, listen, if I didn't have a lawyer, I would have just signed anything. And how many stories of like okay. old school rappers, old school magician, um, right, musicians right, right. I, that signed a shitty deal for their first contract? No, I'm, I'm definitely getting to that. I'm not definitely getting to that. Then it's, it's the next thing is you obviously have to know what you're putting your ink to. And right. who it is at, at that point, that's between you, uh, that piece of paper, that, that legal binding paper, and the other person's signature that's on it at this point, WWE. It's nothing we can say about that. And I mean, we talked about that when the people got released uh, early in the year about like, you know, you signed a contract to work under whatever conditions, terrains, whatever it may be. There's nothing that anybody can do. And yes, to the rap, to the rap point, you know, Plenty of people <laughs> have gotten uh, sh- shaken out of their money. What his first contract was. <laughs> 360 deals are still a thing that's getting to people right now. So, like, yeah, you have to be smart and know uh, and, and know right from wrong. What I that's see, not fair, though. That's not fair. You can you say you say you have to be smart, but realistically, if you're an indie wrestler that's busted his ass for 12 years riding the highways, 
50 bucks a show, if that. Barely enough gas money uh, to yeah. make, the, make the towns. And WWE says, we're going to sign you for a year, 50 grand. I'm not saying that every single person has to immediately say, yes, where do I sign? But realistically, it's either opening the pearly gates or go back to Omaha. Uh, so and that's, I mean, the, that's the decision that they have to the ne- negotiate. And I it's mean, not said, as cut and dry. I said, I said that all the time. That's on wrestlers and independent wrestlers. All they know is wrestling. So sure, they lack the education about how contracts work and, you know, the right and wrongs of them. But, you know, if you don't know, then hit up Veda Scott because she does have a legal background and she's very much open from consultation, I would assume. But no one tells you to sign these things. And when you do sign these things, then you do have to read the pros and the cons of it. You know, it, 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 it this contract's True. up and down the board. But it, my point is the coercion. It's not about the contract itself, do or do not, because it's not, because each, the consequences are automatically outweighed. How many wrestlers have we talked to on this on this podcast that has said, my dream, full stop, is to go to WWE by hook or by crook? Right. And and and, 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 and when they crawl on their belly through broken glass to get mm-hmm. there, and then they realize that this is literally, you know, slavery. I I'm not making excuses for any. I'm not making an excuse for no grown person that signed to buy a bad contract without uh, without having I, I, any. I'm not, but I'm not. I'm making an excuse. I'm making an excuse for anybody that does anything with a gun in their hand. And, and it's that's right, kind of what we're can make people do a lot but of if, stuff. What, right. If if it's if it's your dream, whether it's a record deal, a movie deal, going to WWE, if if it's your entire life, and sort of you would hope, you would hope we see it that you would have an understanding of what it is, the nature of the business you're getting into and the nitty gritty of how it works. But obviously we know some people are just like, screw it. I will, I will take whatever they hand me. Yep, and right. that's where people get in trouble. It's like, there's like, I don't care. I'll sign it. And hopefully I can get out of it down the line. I can get something better. I mean, how, how many people did we see take those, take those Lucha Underground deals that were for like seven years and like had people locked in for like nothing and they had to sit home and couldn't work anywhere else yeah. in between seasons. And I mean, it's not just WWE. It's, you know, like we were saying, it, it can be the music business. It can be Hollywood. It can be anything. It's the, these it, first uh, deals the, tend to be really rough. College is the same principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. The thing and, that really, I think, trip people, up, trip people up on this is that one of the points I made last week when this dropped was like, when you sign a deal with WWE, or pretty much any wrestling company these days, because Lord knows it'd be the same thing with AEW or Impact, ROH, or whoever. You are not just signing a deal to wrestle. You are signing a deal to be exclusively marketed and merchandised for the duration of that deal. And that's what this is about, is they're like, hey, you're not going to use whatever we give you, whatever intellectual property we give you. You can't use that on your own time because you signed a deal with us for us to be in charge of marketing that. That's what the whole bigger so, picture is. I have a question. I brought this up on a podcast this morning. I, I said, okay, so if Sasha Banks is charging X amount of dollars for Cameo, Vince says you mm-hmm. can't do that. She turns around and says, okay, I am now Mercedes Vornado mm-hmm. on Cameo. Does that mean yep. anything resembling the Sasha character, including the hair coloring? Does she have to get rid of that in order to not violate any of the, the statutes or anything of that no, nature. Yeah. No, yeah, it, that's where that they, part likeness comes into yeah. play. Well, likeness is imitation of, uh, of, of, of a character 
flat. I mean, that's that's the basic way of looking at it. But what but I, what I believe with WWE is just using the name, period. Because right. if if you if you really if you really think about it, like even Marie still rocks. Well, at, once she left, was rocking red hair, and that was completely who her character was, and she mm-hmm. still wears really. Um, uh, really uh, vivid and abstract colors in her hair now, and and it's still you know no matter how you want to look at it, it's still even Marie. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's just the name, and I think the biggest deterrent outside of the third party is saying that we don't want you making money off of something we built elsewhere. So when it comes down to meet and greets, when it comes down to future endeavors, and in this case now third parties because. Whether they're on Cameo, whether they're on Twitch, whether they're on OnlyFans. You can't mm-hmm. use your WWE name or WWE superstar name to make money because that's not what we signed up for. You know, Vince, he wants his hand in every pot. So if you want to do meet and greets and stuff really bad, then hey, we're going to do it the WWE way like they did for SummerSlam weekend. So mm-hmm. that's, I'm pretty sure, like, that's where this conversation came about. When they started, and much like we said, we was like, hell, we can pay 150 for blah, blah, blah for, what was it, five minutes? Or, we, or we can pay, what, $5.99 on, <coughs> on What's the Face for a chat for two minutes? So, and then they probably looked at the SummerSlam numbers, which they're so accustomed to getting caking out on these meet and greets that they're probably like, mm-hmm. yo, hold on, what the hell? Where everybody go? It's like, no, no one's buying this right now. And right. after they was just like, get the axe. Right. We're cutting all yep. these trees down right yeah. now. You, uh, uh, uh. You, you know darn well, they want their taste. They want their own version of Cameo or, or a licensing deal with Cameo where they're going to get a taste of it. And it's just a matter, it comes down to I'm sure the way this stuff is worded, if they wanted to get really, you know, aggressive about it and, you know, really spend the money on lawyers fees, they could enforce this stuff any which way they wanted to. It ain't worth it for them to go that crazy with it. They're probably like, hey, as long as you're not using the name, as long as you're not really insinuating a link to us, then it's okay. I mean, I think one of the best ways I heard described was like, okay, if you're Disney and you got all those actors that were in the Avengers they can all be on Cameo and they can all have their things. You can have Scarlett Johansson on there. You can have Chris Evans on there. They can all they can all be on there doing their thing. The moment Chris Evans picks up a shield, Disney's going to say something and be like, hell, you ain't Captain America. Not, Not entirely. Not entirely. Because there's a thing called parody and fair use. So it really depends on the actual, like literal uh, thing that it's being used for. Uh, Saturday Night Live gets to do it all the time. Uh, they had Chadwick Boseman on the show a couple years ago, and he actually played a game of Black Jeopardy as uh, yes. King T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Disney can't really come for them because he's not portraying, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of similarities, but these similarities are coincidental. But it's but parody and fair use are also a thing where you can critique, criticize, and, and, and do things that are eerily similar, uh, but not exactly the same thing. Um, so if a person that looks like Johnny Depp got all the best makeup artists in the world to make him the Captain Jack Sparrow, he can be everything else other than Captain Jack Sparrow, yeah. which is why we make the joke all the time. What is Flance Form doing in the Impact Zone? Right. Or, you know, or what is <laughs> right, Zero? Right. 
you know, what is Lero doing in, 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 in the dynamite zone? You know, that's these are the things as to why we make fun of that because of parody and, and fair use. Um, but but I do think it's more to the point of the fact that this man has brand agreements. Um, as, if somebody violates that brand agreement flagrantly, it's not into the best interest of WWE. Because if this stream gets sponsored by Samsung, which it should, Samsung, if they get sponsored by Samsung, then guess who's going to be rocking the Samsung S20, uh, you know, Note 9 on <laughs> every time on the screen? Yeah. Even though I love LG, it doesn't right. matter at that point. In, in, uh, as that represented the show, I will with my Samsung phone. Two, two things I want to add, too, because I know we're making good points here, but I, I like, I can't stress enough for anybody that listens to the show that a lot of this information is readily available if you want to understand what fair use means and how uh, likeliness was what does that means and uh and uh, all type of copyright and copyright infringement and all that good stuff that information is out there and it's not to be harsh against a lot of these people that we like because hell i, I want all of them to make all the money they can but you mm-hmm. have to understand that it's not vince being a bad guy it's literally business here you know you're literally not only are they taking income from something that Vince created and then a contract that they signed, whatever the language may be. But it also is directly working against creations of WWE, such as tout, such as these meet virtual meet and greets that they have, because the competition is elsewhere, you know, because it's like, again, if you want to talk to Sasha Banks, you can meet her at SummerSlam weekend for 150 for five, 15 minutes, wherever it may be. It can be an hour, but, if you if you know a little bit of math, if you also want to talk to Sasha Banks, you also gonna meet her on Cameo for three ninety nine for five minutes. So if you add that up, you're hmm. definitely yeah, gonna come out right. short, and you're not going to go to WWE for that. And again, anytime you go to a big paper, a big four or five five, including Money in the Bank, uh, when they have these access weekends, these things are so loaded. They're so loaded that they were practicing social distancing before that become a turn because you had to come in in gaps in order to get, you know, you got tickets for segments for uh, when you can actually do your meet and greets. They got cutoff points and all that. So, like, that's how much money and that's how much crowd that they was having coming in there. Now that that's gone, had to transform into the virtual thing. And now they're like, I'm sure they made nothing off of that. So again, they had to go back to the boards. Like, wait, what? What? Where's happening? Where's everybody going for this? Like, who wouldn't want to meet your favorite superstar on Skype or Zoom? If there was no cameo, nothing like that. I mean, you have to think about that. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So it's amazing idea. Too bad there's something else doing it under a better price point. So that's where that comes at. And then again, you know, if you you have to consider the contract. The contract was for. You, John Doe, to work under WWE, and then at some point, John Doe gets a new name under WWE is Joseph Smith, and now Joseph Smith is a superstar. No one knows a John Doe. They may look alike, but they may not be the same person. And now that Joseph Smith is making money off of something they created, but not giving back to the person they created. Um, so there's an issue there. And the last thing I want to just quickly say is that also Twitch has been cracking down because top streamers have been illegally running music in the back of their streams, which is taken mm. away from the artists the who artists. put this music out. So 
if you want to listen to your next, I don't know, Travis Scott song, you could just turn to your favorite streamer because he's probably playing in his background. But are you actually listening to Travis Scott song on a paid platform where he would get paid from? No, because you can just watch a streamer and listen to it. And those little things is all issues about how, um, you know, issues can come about and how, you know, oh, matter of fact, I wish I could think about it too, but there was an example one time where somebody had found a trend of how their numbers were analytically doing so bad and they were wondering where was it coming from and they come to find out that their music was coming through another source and it was cutting it off from the source that created revenue. So like these type of things that are happening aren't nothing new and it ain't nothing malicious for WWE. It just happens to just be they got caught when they got caught. And now everybody has to go back to doing it the right way. Thank so I, I have a quick question before we move on. How close is this to when the Outsiders debuted and Scott Hall was still doing the hey yo in a Hispanic accent, a Latin accent? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. miraculously, three weeks later, because Vince's lawyers called up WCW, said, yeah, you can't act as if you're Latin anymore because that was our intellectual property. Yep. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he just became regular old Scott Hall. So is that in a yep. similar vein? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when I remember that vividly, the letter they filed when they took that to court for the injunction was they're like, we created, we gave Scott Hall the gimmick of Razor Ramon. And they run, they run it down like bullet points. They're like, we gave him the accent. We gave him the <laughs> toothpick. We gave him the slick back hair. And so they're like, all these things together equal razor ramon so they're like okay it's not just you not calling yourself razor ramon you can't have the toothpick you can't have the slick back hair you can't have the gold chains all of that together and so it was like you got to change it enough to where i was like okay no more toothpick no more gold chains use a different name you know change it up enough to where it becomes harder to like be a total copy it's only like you know looks more like a fourth generation copy as opposed to 100 percent. um and stephen colbert when he started the uh, the late show on cbs he brought over a segment from comedy central called the word and it's the word of the day and then he makes takes that and, and, run, and does a rant with it uh good stuff uh viacom which owns comedy central which is a cbs parented uh, company said no you can't do that because you, Stephen Colbert, are infringing on the intellectual property of the Colbert Show or the Colbert Report. And he got a cease and desist letter from Viacom telling him that he can't use his gimmick when he's the guy because that's intellectual property. So um, it is you know, transferable to a lot of things. But, you know, and that's obviously parody. That's where parody comes in. Because if Scott Hall were to come out and say, yo, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, hey. Yeah, you know, one sweet and two sweet. Right, exactly. Because all the marks know about that one. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, there there is um, a difference, so. By the way, by the way, I know know you got to get the news, but like the biggest one of all time now, Trey Songs used to have this ad lib of saying, yep, in all his songs. And Storage War dude said, yeah, you're not going to be saying that no more because that's my saying. And he got him for that and said that the simple term is yep, cannot be yelp? used. 
Because you know when he mm-hmm. when if you watch Thor's War, the one dude, oh, I'm not gonna re, 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 uh, I'm not gonna say it, 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 there, but yeah, reenact it. That's the word. I'm not gonna do that. But yes, him and Trey Songs were both saying it, and this <laughs> this guy was like, yeah, so no, you won't be doing that anymore. And simple words as yup, that has three letters can but be. But it has to be no, but it has to be a word that's not common in like your common language. So mm-hmm. Donald Trump can't, and he tried to, but he can't trademark. You're fired because that's actual common language. Yeah, you yeah, also yeah. can't copyright yeah. letters. You can copyright yeah. a style of a letter, like the national is currently W or mm-hmm. this Nashville sounds S, but mm-hmm. you can't copyright a common used type phrase. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be the way it's being used in a certain it, it manner. Be, but and, and it also has to be unique and out of the public domain mm-hmm. as well for it to yeah. be actually yours. And of course, you have to be first. So a lot of those things have to happen when you trademark stuff, which is why Cody Rhodes recently got his trademark rejected for um, uh, the bash. Bash at the Beach. Yeah, he wanted to do Bash at the Beach, and then they said, no, there's already another show called The Bash, so we're not going to give you the trademark. use, and yeah. yeah. Right. right. Totally. Right. So it's, yeah, and that's and why there's a patent trademark office. Yeah. And in the, in the end, what it really comes down to is like when these things start going back and forth between lawyers, the money adds up quick and it quickly becomes a game of do you really want to fight this? And just right. when you could just move on and tweak right. it and not spend how much money are you willing to spend on this darn battle? It just right. becomes mm-hmm. a situation where it ain't worth it usually. So mm-hmm. and then there, there I hear we got a lot change of your name. <laughs> and how, I mean, has that paid off for him? Has it really? I mean, it has, because how else would he be able to sell the delicious protein powder uh, that he puts on all of his Big Macs? That's how he makes the Big Mac sauce. It's, it's Ryback's uh, protein powder. So, All right. Make it a killing. There you go. It paid off for the Rybacks. I hear yeah. we got a mountain of news, and we should probably get to the mountain of news. Yeah, it's a, it's a small mountain, and, I, and I'll do what I can to, to blow through it. But, um, yeah, so the big story <laughs> is, of course, uh, Miro, formerly known as Rusev, in WWE made his debut last night uh, on Dynamite. Good on him. Uh, he actually cut a uh, promo on on YouTube afterwards, speaking of third-party content, uh, reaffirming his words. Basically, he said, you know, I'm tired of grabbing the brass ring, and I'm happy to be all elite, and paraphrasing, of course. Uh, it was another, oh, my God, an ex-WWE guy says, fuck WWE, <laughs> in another company. But cool, it, it popped the crowd, and it was a big deal um, everywhere. Uh, interesting things about his contract is apparently his contract is for at least a year, um, and it will allow him to work certain independent dates and uh, New Japan. Also, it does prohibit him from doing other American TV, so he basically got the John Moxley deal. Just about to say that, that. Yeah, in that he uh, is uh, you know booked, uh, locked down long-term, but because of AEW's life schedule anyway, he can still pursue his Twitch endeavors that he has started before this um, and work other dates if he wants. So I would it would be cool to see EC, uh, Miro, not EC3, but it would be cool to see Miro show up at like a GCW show or a PWG show or Fest Wrestling up there in, in Seattle or, or wherever. I mean, just one of the major indies. Miro versus somebody at House of Glory. Uh, Chris Dickinson at House of Glory yeah. would be bananas. MCW, he'll be there. They'll, they'll, sure. He'll get that mean. Can this in the face for me? 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's that's great. Good on Miro for actually getting it done. And actually good on good on him for getting it back to wrestling. Uh, obviously, the words about his retirement, you know, have been long uh, said, but uh, obviously that ain't the case. At least not this year. Uh, Dynamite will be back next week, but when is that day next week? We don't know Thursday. yet. That's really that's oh, up they to don't LeBron. know because they, supposedly yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's up to LeBron. If uh, <laughs> the Rockets beat uh, if the Lakers beat the Rockets in at least six games, then the game within Dynamite will be on Wednesday. The one-hour show that has been taped already will air on the following Tuesday. If the Rockets <laughs> some, come ha- somehow uh, forced a game seven, the Dynamite will air on Thursday with a Wednesday one-hour show that will precede the NBA, that will follow the NBA, uh, whenever that is. So Are we going to have to flex? They ain't no flex when it comes to AEW and the NBA. The NBA is winning that every single no. time. <laughs> Are we going to have to flex? Oh no, because we did um, we did a show on Thursday when Dynamite aired, so it's you know it's whatever. But um, but the idea is I'm rooting for LeBron in six, uh, so the AEW can air on Wednesday and the show uh, can air after that on Tuesday, uh, which will be interesting to have Impact, Dark, and another Dynamite on a Tuesday. That's why I'm hoping that that happens uh, because that would be kind of nuts. Um, speaking of making moves. MOW, we, now we know that they're on the BN network. Uh, we know that they're on the um, the, the Fubo Sports Network, uh, which is great because they're coming to Wednesday nights at 7. Interesting stuff because that precedes Dynamite. So with more people watching wrestling on Wednesdays, uh, and, and NXT. I mean, NXT hasn't moved to Tuesdays yet, so let's not, you know, that's a clue too. But, um, 7 p.m. Eastern, and if you missed it, catch it again at 10 on Fubo Sports Network. So whether it's before uh, Dynamite or NXT or after, at least in the mm. Eastern or Central time zones, you can sneak in some MOW on a Wednesday night as well. Uh, if you don't know what Fubo Sports Network is, you can uh, find them on your Samsung, LG, or Vizio's internet television uh, packages, or on Pluto TV. If you have that, you can get that on PlayStation and Xbox. Um, and Plex and Zumo, which is a different uh, free, over-the-top um, television service. Um, and they have it, um, um, a stream on YouTube at Major League Wrestling on Saturday at 6.05. And I love a good 6.05 time slot for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the WWE and NXT, the British version of NXT, NXT London, because honestly, what is the UK but not just the suburb of London? They are having a tournament. It's an eight-man tournament called the Heritage, uh, the Heritage Cup. It will be contested under British rounds rules, and I have no idea what that is, but I'll explain it in a second. Uh, the people in the tournament, Flash Morgan Webster, Norm Dar, Alexander Wolf, The Bomber, Dave Mastiff, A-Kid, Trent Seven, Joseph Connors, and one more yet to be named. So what are British rules? All matches consist of six three-minute rounds. All matches are two out of three falls. A fall is a pin, uh, pinfall submission or countout. Once a, fa- a fall occurs, the round ends, and the match ends once a wrestler has two out of three falls. In the, in the event of a DQ or a knockout, it's over. No need for two out of three falls. Uh, 
If all six rounds are completed, whoever is ahead on falls wins the match. There will be a 20-second break between each round. Ring of Honor does something like this, right? Like something similar to this. And I can't remember what it was called, but I want to say that they did. But yeah, so that's uh, so the first episode of NXT UK's relaunch will be next Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. British Standard Time or 3 p.m. in the East, uh, noon out West, and uh, 9 a.m. in Hawaii. Because, you know, <laughs> that's Hawaii. But um, Real interesting to see a round system thing on a WWE product. Same. I don't think that's ever been done before. I, I, I think that's interesting. And, of course, they're saving the final entrant in the tournament for, for last. So uh, good on WWE for reinventing NXT UK and kind of getting them off the ground again. If this doesn't work, uh oh. But still, they have they have my interest. GCW. Well, we talked about them and and how you know they're emerging as one of the big premier independent promotions in the country. Pandemic be damned. They're already running shows and they're going to make up their big collection show of the collective show that was postponed from WrestleMania Tampa. Well, let's move to Indianapolis beautiful uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and that's going to take place over the weekend of October 9th through 11th, which I believe is Columbus Day. Um, Gotta be, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's Columbus Day, but don't quote me on that. Not that it matters because Columbus, but um, uh, yeah, so that's what it is. October 9th through 11th at the Marion County Fairgrounds in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, If you can't make it to Indianapolis, shame on you, but uh, it's going to be on Fight TV, which is another interesting thing that a weekend of live wrestling is actually going to happen. Uh, October 9th at 4, Southern Underground Pro at 8 p.m. AIW, they're based in Cleveland. They're doing a show called Thunder in Indianapolis. Wake up early Eastern time for Effie's Big Gay Brunch presented by GCW. Freelance Wrestling is uh, and Freelance Underground are doing a show at 12. And then on the 11th, you have Black Label Pro at 12, Shimmer at 4, and Paradigm Pro Wrestling at 11.30 on a Sunday. If you bought tickets to the Tampa shows, Cool. Uh, go to the Collective 2020 on Twitter to figure out how to convert your tickets from Tampa to Indy. If Come you do not what? have tickets, yeah, you, these you are the shows. It. These are the shows that were supposed to be WrestleMania weekend for, for so, the hardcores uh, that would still want to go. They yeah, can go if you want to go. They want. You can go to Indy if 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 you were going to go to Tampa and you still have your ticket, uh, you can convert them to Indianapolis. Um, they will the, honor your ticket for the new event. Yeah. Um, the building that they're going to be in seats 2,000, um, but there's going to be a 25% cap, which is 500 people, if my math checks out, which is about what AEW is doing. So 25% crowd, social distance, blah, blah, blah. Could be mm-hmm. interesting. If you already have a ticket, uh, you know, get in touch with them now on the Twitter machine to convert your ticket to wherever. If not, Fight.tv, and you have a weekend of wrestling that ends well after midnight on Monday morning. So Columbus Day should be interesting and good on GCW for uh, getting back to work. More WWE news. Walter, he wants to have a singles match with Drew McIntyre. Huh. I'm Ooh. very okay with this. So Walter recently spoke for, to the people from Gibby Sport to promote uh, the relaunch of NXT UK. During the discussion, 
uh, he's talked about how he's the top dog and how McIntyre's the top dog. And then, of course, they're both British or, you know, yeah, from the UK. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. Walter's leading the UK division of NXT. He's Austrian, but McIntyre's from Scotland, so they both have some British ties. And how, and he says, and I quote, um, I'm not focused on if I want to go to Raw and SmackDown. I'm not that sort of guy, but I have a lot of respect for Drew. He represents European wrestling as a whole very well in the U.S. I really like his style of wrestling. He's big and tall and very intense. I'm hoping for a singles match with him one day. Do it, WWE. Yeah, they have do history it, too. Do it right now. That that would be a hell of a way to relaunch the UK brand. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, because because Walter's not coming to America. I don't give a damn how they need to have it. They can have it on Zoom, but we need <laughs> McIntyre versus Walter ASAP. Well, McIntyre eliminated. Uh, Walter from the last Survivor Series match as Walter was the first one eliminated so they could use that as some sort of cockamamie backstory but I, I, I'm with you Jamal I, I definitely want to see that um, sure. champion versus champion perhaps mm-hmm. I mean why not or just two big ass dudes that like to chop things whatever needs to work but you know that's something that American audiences I surely would appreciate um, apparently because uh, I didn't see it but earlier this week, it was reported that the Viking Raiders Iva has uh, suffered a cervical injury while uh, diving outside of the ring on Monday Night mm-hmm. Raw during an eight-man tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Daddy Dave Meltzer, uh, he reported on uh, the Wrestling Observer Radio that it was determined that he was a significant injury where it was originally believed that it was a stinger. Uh, stinger is just like a temporary uh, shock or paralysis. But no, he may have actually torn something. Uh, not entirely sure what it is, but the word is is that Ivar will probably be out for a lot longer than expected, and that's uh, really unfortunate. Um, also unfortunate. Now, we've mentioned before uh, the shitbag that likes to stalk the uh, performance center. Yep. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you know, he was arrested. Uh, let, me, let me get his name real quick. Uh, Armando Alejandro Montalvo. He was uh, recently arrested on June 5th on charges of battering a law enforcement office officer trespassing on property after a warning and resisting arrest with violence uh, outside of Walmart. So, Florida. Uh, Montalvo posted $2,750 bond and continued to harass talent at the Performance Center, including interacting with Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke on the 15th of June. He was arrested on the 22nd, once again for going to the Performance Center, and he's been charging with trespassing again and being about uh, being out on bond doing his arrest. He was denied bail. A pre-trial hearing is set for November 18th. Uh, the trial is set for November 30th. And I bring that up again is because this fucker wrote a manifesto. <laughs> and it's such a rambling mess that I won't even go by to um, uh, to transcribe the damn thing. But a transcription has been sent. Uh, to uh, to to the judge overseeing the case to keep this guy in jail until his court date um, because this guy is a lot further off than what uh, you know a bond um, that clearing bail would not allow him to be so uh, yeah get help dude uh, he absolutely needs it um, and it, it's it is obvious that this guy is uh, not EA right. 
Yeah, right. Music yeah, and com- coming off the whole Sonya Deville incident, this ain't the time to be taking any chances with people no. stalking WWE stars. It's like right. no games can be played here. Keep them away. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, not as depressing, but but still just as infuriating. Uh, there are rumors, and take this worth a grain of salt. There are only rumors that McMahon wants to turn Keith Lee heel so that he can try uh, challenge Drew McIntyre for the title. Cool. Because God forbid there just be a two baby face match with based on respect. Uh, God forbid <laughs> that you have an actual interaction like Roman Reigns and Keith Lee did have at the Royal Rumble, where it's just like, hey, I respect you, sir, and we'll see you down the line. No, nope, it has to be heel face, and Keith Lee may turn heel. I, I just want to I just want to say that he did all the babyface work. He, he did the Netflix show. Um, his whole NXT stint was babyface. I don't think WWE is ready for a heel Keith Lee and a heel Cedric Alexander on the same roster. <laughs> if it's any shades of what we've known all these years, they may not be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think they are. I think they definitely. I think they are ready for a heel Cedric. Definitely. Um, we are, Cedric, but I don't think they know what they're getting. <laughs> Cedric Ricochet and Keith Lee as heels, monster stable. Unfortunately, that's without the direction of this McMahon. As yeah, we've that, seen, that, you know, uh, what I, happened know, to Ricochet? I, look, I hate to say it, but if MVP is the spoken voice for the black wrestlers and they get attached <laughs> to him, then so be it. But that seems to be a good thing going right now. So, like, if that's if that's their, like, hey, you know, we need you to kind of do this with, with MVP and he, like, leads all the black people, then so be it. Because, man, I it's been a long time since I've been happy to see, like, a Shelton Benjamin on a roster. And now here's Cedric with them. The Hurt Business is definitely... The, the problem is, how does Vince McMahon turn this into the Nation 2.0? Well, he doesn't. He, well, he doesn't. If he doesn't have anything to do with it, and it is like one of those, like, hey, we got, we're going to let MVP, who's obviously signed a contract to stay there for a while after pending retirement, and now all of a sudden he's become like, you know, the token face or head of uh, of the of of the black stables and wrestlers, then. Maybe it's MVP that's playing creative with it, and I think that's a safe. To be honest, that's actually a safe direction here because it's like. We don't have no business calling that. Let's let somebody that understands it do it. So well, it might, that's why I, it might very well be. It might very well be a case that MVP, you know, spent enough time there that Vince has some faith in him to be like, okay, I'll put these guys with you. You're going to be the voice. You're going to yep. kind of lead this thing, and they can be, you know, your dudes. But you're going to be the guy doing the talking. You're going to be yeah. the focus, and they're kind of on the on the fringes of it. And hey, if he's got that kind of face and MVP, and these other guys can get a rub through yeah. it, hey, yep. better than yep. nothing. Yeah, I'll take that's it. How I'm looking at I'm it. I'm loving yep. the hurt business so far. Me too. Yeah, yeah, but that's but but when you said it, uh, you know, two chains. When you said it, uh, yeah, the the black stable. That's what we're trying to avoid, and and I, hopefully, you know, just let it run its course. It it kind of yeah. is what it is. Yeah, um, hopefully to the point. Yeah, you're hoping it doesn't get that stereotype of just being that, and that it's just a talented group of people that's doing their thing. I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm yeah, definitely with because you, you know, Vincent Band, voice of the black folks. So you, know, <laughs> you would you would hope in the current climate they wouldn't go there. 
you would hope. Uh, so geez, hopefully they maintain geez. course. They don't yeah, they don't seem funny. to be doing that yet. Right. Well, let's hope not. Uh, moving on. Uh, Kurt Angle, he's 51, and he was asked by Nick Hausman of the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast about potentially having a match, one more match, for God's sakes, in AEW. Mm. Well, yeah, Damien, I agree, and Kurt Angle does too, because he says, quote, right now, I would say it's off the table. I'm okay with where I am. He goes on to say that uh, during his run in WWE in 2018 and 19, he, quote, looked like an old man. And that's where he knew that it was time to retire. So uh, enjoy your giant bowl of Cheerios, Kurt. You deserve it. Um, his body, his body may not be working, but his eyes are, because there's no lies there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very okay with. I'm very okay with that. Um, British Wrestling Revolution didn't know they were a thing until tonight, but and they came across my, my desk that they're a thing because all of their championships have been vacated. Every oh. damn one of them. <laughs> so why is that? <laughs> because of the pandemic. Uh, the UK uh. shut down. There haven't been shows. And they said that if you, and they said on their Twitter, and this is from six in the morning at our time, due to the pandemic and BWR's subsequent hiatus, championships have not been defended for over six months. Therefore, effective immediately, all BWR titles are declared vacant. Former champions will get the opportunity to regain their titles at the earliest opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah, former champions will get the chance to regain their titles at the earliest opportunity. WWE vacant is losing its goddamn mind right now. But <laughs> I bring this up because I do think that it's an interesting point that we haven't seen ROH in months. They tried things that it didn't work, and we haven't seen them in a while. NWA, same thing. They tried things and it, and it didn't work. We haven't seen them in a while. Is that a thing that should happen with other people returning to TV fresh off of a six-month-plus hiatus? Should NWA specifically, because maybe not Ring of Honor, but should NWA uh, come back with a, a brand-new look, vacant titles, fresh start, day one starts when they start back? Now, I, I know think it depends on – I would say I think it depends on the company – and it depends on who you have in those roles with those titles. If you have the right person with a belt and they're coming back and everything is good, then I wouldn't do it. But if you got some real creative idea to reboot everything to the point of, hey, let's wipe everything clean because we want to go in a completely new direction, then, yeah, there's definitely a story there to tell. But, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that it, it, your mileage may vary. It all depends on what, what hand you're dealing with and what cards you got to play. I absolutely like the idea of a gold rush championship that leads to their first Mm. event over the course of two months. If it were a ring of honor or some, some other promotion that was just starting back on TV um, Mm. where everybody starts from scratch and, and goes forward. That's right. Because what we, what we all want is another women's tournament from ROH because we know how good the first one went. (laughs) Well, if they actually give a title. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if they actually give it time, who knows? So, uh, you know, moving on. Uh, AJ Styles wants out. So, <laughs> fourth off. That's a story. Uh, he, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 farther down the, down the list because it's AJ Styles, and I don't care. But the idea is, uh, he says, and I quote on, on from his Twitch channel, I really want to retire. I really do. Uh, it was asked, uh, and of course, uh, Anderson and Gallows have made no secret about the fact that they want him to come over to Impact 
they want him to leave WWE with all deliberate speed. But the bottom line is, is that maybe this new, because AJ Styles is on Twitch, and his son definitely says, well, I don't watch that, uh, referring to the WWE. And AJ Styles himself says, well, when I'm at work, I'm at work. Out of work, I don't watch wrestling because that's work. Um, so maybe it's possible that he could just be, you know, burned out. And Tired of wrestling. 40 plus, mm-hmm. he's done it. He's done it for 20 years, and it's yeah. time to hang it up. So if you're ever. Yeah, I mean, if you're an AJ Styles fan, might want to, you know, get in while the getting is good because AJ Styles is still working, but the following people are not. And that includes <laughs> the IRS man, uh, Mike Rotunda. He was let go today. Uh, the pride of Oklahoma, Jerry Briscoe, he was let to go today after 36 years of work to Vince McMahon. Um, he tweeted out, thanks WWE for 36 awesome years. I've been given an opportunity to work with thousands of brilliant staff and crew and so many talented wrestlers, and most of all, getting to be, getting to the part of helping Vince McMahon create an empire. So good on you, Jerry Briscoe, 36 years, and they gave him the door. Um, also released from WWE, Sarita Stark, uh, Sarah Stark, uh, is also released. She was a trainer at the Performance Center since 2015 and a backstage producer. Um, we Those are the three departures that have hit today, um, and that's largely because of the fact that talent has not been able to travel. Um, a lot of the production has been slimmed down as WWE looks to consolidate. So don't be surprised that we're seeing backstage t- uh, people get cut. WWE is cracking down on um, you know third-party uh, contributions. Um, yeah, and they spent a lot of money on the Thunderdome. They need to recoup some of that. And finally, Crazy Steve is blind. I did not know that. Uh, Crazy Steve of Impact Wrestling is legit blind. He was on uh, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore podcast where he talks about wrestling blind. And he says, and I quote, I am blind. That's news to some people because I spoke of it recently. I just came out advertising it. I am making that part of the uh, advertisement to Crazy Steve. He is the real live version of Daredevil because I can't see and I'm still able to do what I do. Hot damn. Like legitimately blind in both eyes, not one. Uh, but we're we're going to say he's legally blind. Okay. Uh, not allowed says, to drive a car blind. He says that quote and, 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 you know, reading on, I'm blind. I was born totally blind. At a okay. Born that way. Uh, when I was born, I was two pounds and had to be put in an incubator. They removed the cataracts at a young age so that I was able to see. I was, always had giant glasses. I can't drive. I have glaucoma. And as I get older, my eyes continue to get worse. I am the Michael Jordan of not seeing, and I'm really, really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. End quote. I love the attitude. That's a good attitude. I just want to say for the record, um, Impact is 420 friendly if you had no clue. So there yeah. you have it. There you go. Well, that's the news for this week. Uh, RBD <laughs> certainly knows all about that. <laughs> so that is it. Is there anything else left after the map of the it. mountain of news? I, I feel like we've been up one side of the mountain and down the other. Nope, Just nope, watch no. out for next week's Dynamite where uh, Thunder Rosa defends the NWA Women's Championship against Ivelisse. So an NWA title will be defended on next week's Dynamite. Go figure. Yes. Ex- mm. We'll just have to figure out when next week's Dynamite is. So <laughs> keep an eye on that social media. 
Yeah. Yep. On those NBA games, depending what night it is next week, because it could be Wednesday, it could be Thursday. Who knows? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we will see. Next week will be interesting. But I guess it's another week with the big gold belt. And uh we'll be back after gosh, there's no pay-per-views this weekend. It's like a rare uh, quiet weekend, I think. I can't think of anything coming up. So I guess we wait for shows next week to see where we go from here. But for the whole gang, for Jamal, for Two Chains, for Damian Salty G, this is Will, Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Check out, is it BigGoldBeltWrestling.com? What is it, Big Gold, Damian? I mean, uh, Two Chains, <laughs> what, what's the big, website? Big, what's the website? You usually do this. BigGoldBeltMedia.com. Oh, big, or Big Gold Belt Group, either way. I own it. Either way, either Big Gold Belt Group or BigGoldBeltMedia.com <laughs> for all your yeah. news. We will get out of here before we mess anything more stuff up so we will see you next (laughs) week folks thanks for tuning in talk to you later